0: Welcome back, and we are glad you're with us. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. Interesting. Mark, uh, we were talking about uh, the uh, Miami Grand Prix in F1, and and, uh, Sebastian uh, Vettel, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I apologize, but basically said that uh, he would love to race a a course like Road America um, rather than build a course like they did in Miami. Uh, Mark said after watching the Miami Grand Prix, I have to say it was interesting But uh, as Sebastian said, that the money that was spent building a new track in Miami could be spent upgrading Road America. But the racing was almost secondary to the circus sideshow that was the Miami Green uh, Miami Grand Prix. Acres and acres of paved, brightly painted runoff areas, a fake marina, mermaids in swimming pools, hordes of rude celebrities who are the only are only there for the exposure. Um, no, thanks for the sake of all that is sacred. Please leave our beloved national park of speed alone. Um, well, you can build anything. Okay. And it's not like we haven't had celebrities here before in this state. Uh, Is it just that you like, he said, hordes of rude celebrities. How do you know they were rude? (laughs) Not all celebrities are rude, by the way. Um, I guess you're assuming, in other words, I don't have enough money to go to that race, so screw them, keep the celebrities out, I don't want it. I think about everything in the specter of what's best. Does it kind of price out the average race fan? Yeah. But not every golf fan could afford to go to the Ryder Cup. But was it not wonderful watching the state being exposed to the rest of the world? The pride that you felt in what is golf here in Wisconsin, sure it was. Why would uh, why would Road America getting upgraded be any different? Why would making the National Park of Speed America's National Park of Speed better? Why would that be a bad thing? Now, if they would go deep into debt and there would be danger of losing the racetrack because of huge deficits, then yeah, I understand that. But to bring celebrities to the state to bring exposure to racing in the state, to bring celebrities to the state where you can say, yeah, even the who's who would love to come to Wisconsin, flying into the Sheboygan Airport like they all did for the Ryder Cup. They were here for that. Why would that be a bad thing? That, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Now, the only deterring factor here, the only deterring factor here would be the um, would be the, the ticket price for the individual fan. And that, I agree, would not be good. But beyond that, I couldn't see a downside to it. And let's talk about this. The almighty tax dollar. The taxes that would come into the state, the money generated into the state of Wisconsin. You know, what's a shame is, is that the year that it was supposed to be got washed out by COVID. You know, when you were supposed to get a full-blown Democratic convention. Now, Re- Democrat or Republican, I don't care. That's a lot of money that the state lost, and especially when they ended up doing it virtually. Pushing back the Ryder Cup, pushing back travel plans, and having international travel basically ceased during that Ryder Cup. Now, it opened up the ticket prices uh, a little bit better, but it it didn't generate the same amount of revenue because we're coming out of a pandemic. Wisconsin kind of got hosed. But if it generates millions and millions and millions of dollars for the state, whether it's relieving deficit or it can be put towards infrastructure, put towards parks, put towards, you know, police, fire, certain security things that we need within the state of Wisconsin, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Wisconsin's not going to lose its charm overnight. That takes a long erosion for that to happen. And if you're making it better along the way, there's nothing wrong with that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Um, you got, uh, this is from Mark, who says, uh, are they going to use Serge Ibaka at all in this series? Now, he, if I'm not mistaken, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't have COVID, but last night he wasn't available, Correct. I he believe was, so. he was ailing a bit. Yeah, he was ailing a bit. So I, you may see him. You may see Serge Ibaka. Certainly, defensively speaking, you could see him come in
1: late in a ball game. Yeah, he was ruled out due to a non-COVID illness. Correct. But he was a healthy. Did not play in game three. So there I don't. I don't know how inclined Bud is to go to him at this point. Right. I'm
0: just saying, mere availability. Uh, right. For those that are clamoring for him from last night, uh, I just, the mere availability of him um, was not there last night. 877 867 1670 If you want to hit us up, feel free um, to chime in. We were talking Bucks basketball, talking some Brewers baseball. Uh, we're going to talk later on. Kevin Holden's going to join us later, right? Or is he? I'm in touch with him. In touch, okay. We were. I was going to say we we might be touching base with our buddy Kevin Holden from CBS fifty eight at some point, at some point, and talking a little Brewers baseball with him, and touching a little bit on the Bucks as well, for that matter. Um, what else do we have here for you? This is from John. John says, uh, "Hey, unit," um, he said. I think the Bucks are done, but I hold out hope the Bucks have been outplayed in all but a few quarters, I think game one was an ego inflation for this team, and they just felt that they were going to cruise on to another NBA title. Since then, it's been a wake-up call, and Coach Bud and company have not had an answer. Giannis is playing his ass off, but even he can't do it all by himself. Shots are not falling. Giannis is not even hitting layups. Things are just not trending right in the right direction right now, heading into Boston. That is from John. Um... Let's do this for just a second. I want to veer away from all the other stuff. Ian Rappaport joined Pat McAfee to talk a little Packers football. And I know there is a lot of optimism about the Green Bay Packers and what's been seen so far. I want to throw and I I don't want to be, but I'm going to be the big bucket of cold water here. Hang on to your pants. Hang on to your hat, hang on to your shirt. These guys are running around right now just trying to learn the playbook. They're not hitting anybody. They're not being hit. They're not going up uh, on a day-in and day-out basis against Jair or anybody else of of huge ilk. They're just trying to learn the playbook and just trying to kind of show a bit of their wares and what they have to offer. So don't go crazy just yet. Even though things sound good, we do this every year. We get out over our skis. Oh, this guy's great. This guy's going to be phenomenal. I hope he is. But I have seen it so many times where you talk up a guy and talk up a guy and talk up a guy, and you go, wow, he's the real deal, only to find out that he never shows up in the regular season. Never shows up. It's not a knock on the guy. It's just an overestimation of maybe what it is they can and can't do. Ty Summers had his first year an unbelievable training camp, and he was all everything every damn where in the preseason. Hasn't really played much linebacker since. Hasn't really done much. Montrevious Adams, all, everything. Could be the next Warren Sapp. Remember that? Eh, he was okay. So hang on to your ass, all right? great. Take both hands, wrap it around, and hang on. Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee Show talking about the wide receiver market right now and who the Packers may be leaning towards do you get the inclination
2: that the Packers are going to be involved with any of these guys? Are they one of those teams where they're not really going to be able to give a guy $10 million. So they're probably not going to get one of these uh, receivers.
1: I think the Packers are going to be involved in this market. And this is actually a great market for them because let's say you're Jarvis Landry or maybe even better for the Packers. Let's say you're Julio Jones and you're not going to get $15 million. You're probably not going to get $10 million. The Packers would be one of those teams you'd want to join where maybe you make $3 Three million with some incentives, but you know you got a chance to make the Super Bowl like that actually is attractive. So you know we got Odell, uh, who obviously had interest from in the Packers last time. You had Julio, who I imagine will get some interest from there. Uh, Landry, who I don't know has gotten interest from the Packers, but all those guys would make sense for Green Bay, who I would say might add another receiver at some point.
0: Wow! So there you go. I still, I said that all along. Maybe Pat McAfee should just add me, right? Right, Ben? Didn't I say that too? You did. I said all along. I don't think the Packers are done. I think they're going to wait the market out, unless a significant wide receiver goes down, and that team has to go out and find themselves who has money to go out and find themselves another wide receiver. I, I can see the Packers making a decent offer. And Jarvis Landry saying, "You know what? Uh, for everything that was written about me when I went to Cleveland, coming out of Cleveland, I'm not getting the money, I'm not getting the looks, I'm not getting the calls that I thought I would. Maybe I need to reprove myself. I was the ball was being thrown to me by Baker Mayfield. OBJ said the same thing. Same thing. Once he got out of Cleveland and and got with Matthew Stafford, he was the guy. He wasn't the petulant, crazy, proposing to." to a kicking that kind of guy, and was catching the football on a regular basis from Matthew Stafford versus Baker Mayfield. Maybe you need to go to a quality quarterback who can put the ball where you need it, can make you look better, then after that season or next, go out and make your money. You're not done yet. And you have a legitimate shot at maybe making it to a a Super Bowl. Why not go to Green Bay? I've said that all along. I, I, I don't think the Packers are done. I'm not going to be shocked if they are, but it would be a little surprising if they don't pick up another vet wide receiver. And don't forget, after June 1st, there's going to be some cuts as well. Now, I don't think any of the big names are going to be cut, but you could find somebody in that second tier that can help out, just can be another weapon for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. I don't think they're done yet. I don't. So maybe they should consider listening to this show. I think this show is pretty formidable. Myself. That's just me. I got a little bias there. 877 867 1670. 877 867 1670. This is from uh, Julie. Julie says, uh, A lot of faith left in my Milwaukee Bucks. I think Coach Bud is going to motivate. Giannis is going to motivate. And these guys are going to come out fired up and ready to go on Wednesday night. Julie, I like your optimism. I think every Bucks fan shares that optimism, to be perfectly honest with you. Everybody's geeked. Uh, I just don't know if it's if it's gonna happen. Just saying. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh Mark says, listening <laughs> listening in the parking lot of Taco Johns. Uh he says, listening in the parking lot of Taco Johns. Uh what's wrong with the box is the fact that Brooke Lopez doesn't get the ball down low. Drew Holiday's not hitting his wide open shots. Grayson Allen is not existent in the offense, and Giannis is the only one doing anything, but he's doing it from the top of the key. If this team gets back to the offense they ran in game one, they should win easily. All right. Gotcha. And by the way, enjoy your dinner at or your lunch at Taco John's. Like it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. Hoping with uh, Kevin Holden from CBS 58 coming up at some point before we get out of here today. Also give you a little bit of a breakdown between uh, the Bucks and the Celtics as well when it comes to shot production. We'll get into that discussion. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. If you're looking for a place to go watch baseball tonight, it's beautiful. Sit outside. watch. The, I saw some boats on the lake yesterday. Watch the boats on the lake. Watch the fishermen. out Right there by Smokey's Bait Shop. Sit outside. Enjoy the day. Look through the window. Watch some TV. Watch the brewers. Get some good food, good beverages. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake. Stop in and tell Ryan and the entire staff. We said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show next.
2: This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Well, Cinco de Mayo has come and gone. Mother's Day has come and gone. And the golf season is now upon us. And if you're looking for something great to do, maybe a getaway for the weekend or during the week, for that matter, if you've got a company and you want to do something team building wise, uh, maybe you want to take your sales reps away and put them on an island, literally. Check out our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort uh, up in Pembine, Wisconsin. Beautiful area up there. The ATV, UTV trails open, by the way. But the the golf course is open, and if you want to head up with the kids, if you want to head up with the family, if you want to head up with the business, you can rent the entire island, as a matter of fact. A lot of deals, a lot of specials going on right now. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort, Wisconsin. The Four Seasons Wisconsin.com. The Four Seasons Wisconsin.com. But uh, to get the special and to get our network price, or giveaway, whatever that happens to be, whether it's a bottle of wine, a free meal, or a kick in a tush, Uh, get a hold of our girl, Barb, 715-324-5800. I love going to this place, and I want to get up there here in the next maybe three, four weeks, something like that, before then I head out on vacation uh, later in July, and then obviously in the fall, it is stunning, but get a hold of Barb, 715-324-5800. Tell Barb we sent you, and uh, she'll get you something, Okay. Or just email her directly. Uh, if you don't even want to just go to the switchboard, just go to, do they even have switchboards anymore? If you don't want to get transferred, maybe just email her directly. B A R B, Barb, Barb at the Four Seasons Wisconsin dot com. Barb at the Four seasons, dot com or call 715 324 5800. Good stuff. So here's two things. Here's two things to think about. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, last night uh this just popped up via shot quality the actual score of the game was 116-108 and there's there's a there's a moral to the story here so please bear with me bucks could beat one sixteen one oh eight. the shot quality score the shot quality score of what the bucks did versus what the Celtics did with the shot quality that the Bucks had versus the Celtics, the Bucks had a 65% win probability in that game. And with the shots that were taken, the Bucks should have won that game 117-111. There's something to hang your hat on. So if you're following me, with the shots that were taken by both teams, okay, the shots that were taken, open looks, things like that, bunny shots, layups, you name it, uh, trips to the free throw line, the shot quality win probability favored the Bucks last night 65 35. It should have ended up it should have ended up 117 111. So you follow me? So the actual score was 116 108, we all know that. But with the Bucks and their shots versus the shots the Celtics took and the the, the level of difficulty, open looks, things like that, the Bucks had a 65% chance of winning that game, 117-111 via shot probability. It's an algorithm that measures over 90 different variables to quantify the quality of possession. For example, a player, you know, shot making, shot selection, um, offensive rebounded probability, uh the defender closeout probability, all the data then individualized for each player and each possession and it goes from there. So sometimes The moral of the story is this. Sometimes you just have to make the shot. Going back to our caller from Mark earlier from West Dallas, when Mark was talking about, you know, he was ready to burst out of his seat, an open look, a wide open look, Drew Holiday from the corner, and bang, off the rim. You know, the shot probability versus the actual shot making was different. So if you are sitting here today, and thinking to yourself, you know, the Bucks should have won that game. If they just make their shots, they would have won that game. You're probably right. You are probably right.
1: There you go. Think about that. Probably right. I do think there's one thing that it's impossible for it to quantify, though. Which is? how tired Giannis gets by the time the game reaches the end with the guys that are around him right now. Because it says, they said shot quality expected Giannis alone to score 10 more points. So he was, he had 34 on 14 of 32 shooting. They expected him to go say 19 of 32 for 44 points. But a lot of those looks towards the end of the game, like he went off in the third quarter, second quarter Mm -hmm. was kind of rough. But then when it got to the end of the game, I maybe first quarter Giannis would have made all those shots. But given right. his lack of help around, you could see that he was gassed, and, and it, they just weren't falling partly because of that. So Yeah. Shot probability, though, would have given the Bucks a win had they hit their shots. Uh, but I
0: saw last night at least Giannis took at least three shots, two of which were basically layups, and he missed them both. You never see that out of Giannis, and that is also a byproduct of being tired. I agree with you. Right. He had one that was probably a, a 10-footer. He pulled up for a jumper, and normally he makes that, and he didn't. He banged it off the back of the rim, too. As a matter of fact, he banged it, banged it off the glass first because it was just a hard-looking shot, even though it wasn't very well defended. But just a, just a look there, that had the Bucks hit their shots, the Bucks would have, should have, could have won the game. But they didn't, so they didn't. Sometimes it just comes down to shot making. There you go. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's go to our buddy Daniel listening to us in Toma on hold. Daniel, how you doing, man? What's up?
2: All right. I was listening to Minnesota sports the other day, and they said the fifth game, whoever wins the fifth game, has an 85% chance of winning this series. So I'm saying they win the fifth game, they will win it seven.
0: So you got them in, in seven. Been. Winning that if they win this fifth game in Boston, I get a sense that they would close it out at the Pfizer Forum in Game Six. Right. Maybe it well, does I'm end up being Bucks in Six.
2: But I'm just trying to say is there was a thing there, there's some status out here. They said whoever wins the fifth game is going to win the series, and I don't know if that's true or not. But I guess there's odd saying that's that's a fact over the years. So if hmm. they win that week, okay. they'll win the series. And I don't know if they're doing 6 or 7, but it seems like it'd be 7, but I would like to see them do it 6. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you can look that up. It was on uh, that night um, out there, 100.3. They were talking about that.
0: Okay. I'll, t- I'll take a look at it. I'll, I'll see, uh, see what the, the odds game, are if it's they most win.
2: Important. The most important game.
0: Okay. Sounds good, man. I'll take a look at it. All right. H- hang on. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Since 2000, over 70% of NBA teams that win game five end up winning the series. It's even more critical when the series is is tied at two games apiece, eliminating the margin of error for the losing team. So you've got a 70% likelihood of winning the series if you win game five that quick. That quick, Daniel, got your statistic for you. That quick, bam. You bring it up, we got it. How about that? 70% of NBA teams since 2000 that have won game five ended up winning the series.
1: There you go. Um, disclaimer that a lot of the 3-2 leads in those settings have been blown by one certain head coach. <laughs>
0: Uh, oftentimes in, in conversation, sports fans are going to mention that a game is a must-win for the beloved team. The scenario might be a 2-2 series tie or a 3-1 series deficit, whether it's the NHL, the NBA, World Series, whatever it happens to be. games uh, A seven-game scenario enables fans to weigh specific games with greater or lesser significance. The article is going to take a look and analyze the assumptions with statistical proof to show which games uh, in a seven-game series are truly the most important. Um, game one, a team with home court advantage in game one has a 53.2% of winning the entire series. A win in game one for the home team drives the percentage up by nearly 13%. A win, a number one win for the home team means they have a pretty good shot at at 66% of winning the entire series. Game two, this is where it begins to get complicated. Simply note that a two O series lead means the team will have an 84% chance of winning the series. If at home 79% of chance of winning the series, if away. Thus, in a way, Game 2 can be extremely crucial. Should the series be deadlocked at a game apiece, contrary to popular opinion, Game 3 actually is not as important relatively to other scenarios. A Game 3 win at home actually only increases your chances by winning by 15%. Game 4, this is a very dependent scenario. If the series is 3-0, the winning team would eventually win the series with a victory. But prior to that, uh, the chances of winning the series, who would already have been at 94.2%, there you go. If losing the series, blah, blah, blah. Game five, note to playoff teams. You win game five in a 2-2 series tie, and a away team winning game five leads to an enormous 28.8% increase to win the series. A home team winning game five has a relatively smaller increase But a loss would destroy their odds as they would drop from 44.8% to 16%. Stats
2: are for losers.
0: There you go. So, if you're the home team in a 3-2 deficit in Game 6, you're not in as bad a shape as you might have thought. The team still has a 36% shot at winning the series. Whereas an away team in the same situation, has only a 16% chance of winning statistically speaking over the history of time so the pressure is on the Celtics the pressure is on the Celtics if the bucks win the, pre- the the Celtics by percentage are all but eliminated at least according to the history if the bucks lose going back home it's not as detrimental In game six, you still got a 36% shot at winning the series, although your percentages have gone down, obviously. But if you're a home team who loses, then has to go on the road to try and win to get the series back to three games apiece, your series chance of winning is only 16% via history of time. That is daunting. So, you still got to win on the road. You still got to win on the road. But that's how big game five is in a series. And he's right. 70% of teams in an NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball series that have won game five while tied at two games apiece have gone on to win the series. There you go. So that's it. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends down there at MKE Brewing, the host, the site, the uh, start point again this year for the 15th annual Big Unit Poker Run, which is going to be bigger and better than ever. MKE Brewing has been so clutch and so much opening their heart and arms to us and bringing us down there year in and year out. We can't say thanks enough to Dave Hawk and everybody down at MKE Brewing, 9th Street, downtown Milwaukee. And I highly recommend all their MKE beers. And uh, the summer blends are starting to come out now. So check it out at your local grocery stores, your liquor stores, Total Wine, all that kind of good stuff. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, come back. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a
2: blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
0: the break i'm outside i've got uh, kind of a a balcony here around the house around the uh the second level of the house so during the uh, break i decided you know i haven't been outside on the roof in a while i haven't walked around out there and uh, i had bought some of the flex seal okay just because i've got a rubber roof up there and i have some carpeting down and such and just kind of taking a look around make sure that there's no leaks and since it is that type of a rubber roof i use some of that flex seal stuff on there and just to make sure the cracks and such are all filled in. The one thing I noticed is the wasps and the bees are out in full force. All over the place. The one thing I did not notice, like last year I did, that was the box elder bugs, the stink bugs, all that kind of stuff. Don't have them on the house. Not around. The bees, well, they're just floating around to be floating around. They're all over the place. They're not going in the house and not getting into the soffit or anything like that. But the reason I bring it up is because I called my friends over at Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros, MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com, MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. Uh, good people, good people. And all you got to do is call them, 414-877-5811, 414-877-5811. Again, 414-877-5811. Call them over there because whether it's bed bugs, stink bugs, the box elders, roaches, whatever it happens to be, either one, you got them and you don't want them, or two, you want to prevent them. This is perfect if you are a property owner as well, where you have numerous units. So get a hold of them because they do it discreetly. They do it uh, with respect to the environment. And if you got kids or pets, that's okay. They get it done that way too. Uh, All you got to do is talk to them. Call Michael over there, 414-877-5811. Call Michael again, 414-877-5811, Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros, to safely eliminate your bed bug problems and other problems for that matter or be preventative in that case. Again, 414-877-5811 or go to MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. That's MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. What else do we have here for you? Um. Oh, by the way, the updated picks for the odds for the uh, Bucks and the Celtics, Celtics are favored five and a half at home. The money line is the Bucs plus 190, the Celtics minus 204. And the over, the over is a 214. 214 uh, the under is two fourteen and a half. and a half, the over is 214, depending on where you're looking at. The best Milwaukee Bucks odds coming out of Bet MGM and Caesar Sportsbook. The best odds, uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, points bet, that's kind of thing over there for the Celtics. But tomorrow night, TD Garden, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, the Bucks, five and a half point underdogs coming into that contest uh, when pretty much the betting world has seen what we've seen. And that is the fact that since game one, since game one, the, uh, the Boston Celtics kind of have been the better team. So they give them a little bit of a nod. Give them a little bit of a nod. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please go ahead and do so. Uh, this is from Chris. Chris says, I still have some faith in my Milwaukee Bucks. However... What happened to Grayson Allen? He played so incredibly well against the Chicago Bulls. It wasn't just because he had a chip on his shoulder. He needs to get that chip back. If he hits a couple of open shots and begins to shoot the ball extremely well, it brings the defense out to him, thus opening up the lane, uh, then opens up the lane for Giannis. Um, Yeah, I pretty much, (laughs) you know, look, everybody's got to hit the shots. I don't know what else to say. You know, we were talking about this earlier, and statistically speaking, so to speak, Um. It, you just got to hit your shots. You know, just got to hit your shots. That's it. We went through the probability of what should have happened in this last contest. The The, the Bucks should have won. They had to with their shot uh, with their shot selection and the defensive prowess. They should have won 65 to 35 percent, says the Bucks should have won the game 117-111 based on shot selection, the openness of shots, the defense and such. And instead, they ended up losing. Sometimes it just comes down to you have to hit your shots. Scott says, think of Rich Strike. F the odds. Go run and play.
1: I like it. (laughs) Well, Mike Leach had a take like that this week that I just could not stand in terms of Rich Strike's odds. He said, yeah, look, Rich Strike won at 82 to 1. That's why we Uh should expand the college football playoff to 16, because maybe number 16 can beat number one. Right, um, which is a little bit off base, but I just I I saw right. that and I was infuriated. By the way, speaking of Rich Strike, did you see Rich Strike's picture? No.
0: Next to the trophy, the no. horse. It literally looks like the horse is smiling at the camera, like grinning at the camera. You got to look at just Google Rich Strike picture. Rich Strike smiling or something like that, and you'll see it. it, it it's been everywhere. It keeps popping up, like on Facebook. It keeps popping up. It's, it's, oh, that's good. Yeah. It's a great picture. Great picture. If you haven't seen it already, here's one for you, Ben. I thought you might be interested in this. There's two stories. One regards golf and the other regards an incident that's already happened. We want to talk about,
1: which one do you want to deal with right now? Are they not the same one? No, they're not. Uh, Let's, uh, let's put golf aside.
0: We'll put golf aside. Okay, then the next story we'll do. We'll do this, and then we'll do with golf at the end of the show. Uh, Authorities, not going to file criminal charges against Mike Tyson. Not going to happen. Yep. The San Mateo County uh, District County Attorney's Office said uh, it has closed the case, decided against pursuing charges. The circumstances surrounding the confrontation are what made them decide. These include the conduct of the victim leading up to the incident, the interaction between Mr. Tyson and the victim, as well as the requests of both the victim and Mr. Tyson that no charges be filed. So, in other words, the victim wasn't going to get, you know, wasn't going to get what he wanted and was going to find it very hard to actually have ch- charges. And my opinion is this, that the victim was a jag. The guy that got the crab beat out of him was a jag. And the rest of the world saw it. So this guy's probably already become some kind of a pariah and just wants this thing to go away because the entire world is saying, what an ass you are. So he probably just wants it to go away. So when they said, do you want to pursue charges? He probably was like, no, I just want this thing to go away. My story is I took punches from the former heavyweight champion of the world. That, that's going to be my claim to fame. I'm just going to shut up and walk away. But yeah, they are not going to pursue charges against Mike Tyson. Kudos to them. Attorneys uh, for Tyson praised the district attorney's decision, said uh, that it was careful, diligent and professional work on both sides. Um, so uh, and then another passenger in the flight, Sarah Birchfield, told the San Francisco uh, Chronicle, the San SF Gate, uh, that she had seen the man who Tyson punched at the airport bar earlier, appearing loud and quarrelsome with others. She said, when I boarded the flight, I thought, uh uh-oh, that drunk guy is on our flight. Oh, no. And then, obviously, he got into it with Mike Tyson after the fact. She was an eyewitness and also an eyewitness to him beginning to agitate others at the bar earlier. This guy wasn't going to win. So, in other words, look, dude, we got witnesses against you. You're a complete ass. You want to go ahead and pursue this? Let's do it. And he's like, no, I think I'm just going to have this. And his attorney probably said, let's just make this thing go away. Let's Let's just quit. Quit while we're ahead. So no charges being filed uh, for Mike. Good. Good. Sometimes if you're just an ass, you need to have some sense knocked into you, and that's exactly what happened in this particular case. So there you go. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to wrap it up when we come back. And uh, I've got an interesting – we're going to talk a little more about this uh, regarding the Bucks, but uh, tomorrow we'll can't handle it big time. Uh, we'll talk more Bucks basketball tomorrow because – Tomorrow is that game five. It's that, it's that winning probability that pops up tomorrow. We're going to get into that discussion. But when we come back, something that is going to hit near and dear to Ben Kenny's heart, something about golf. Stay tuned. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket,
2: this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Coming up May 19th, we're going to be live from the Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. We're looking forward to that broadcast. It's going to be our kickoff for uh, the on-site registrations, for our registration, our pre-registration for uh, the Big Units Poker Run, the 15th annual. In addition to that, starting on that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's the grand reopening for the Social House. And they're going to have a big jar for donations, a portion of the proceeds and such all go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. So please, if you're looking to do anything, whether it's get lunch, get dinner, get some drinks, whether it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, stop out to the social house on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And uh, don't forget, if you are a motorcyclist and you want to get registered, registration, pre-registration, and all those prizes are there for you for the taking, if indeed you win it, are right there at the pre-reg. Go to FisherHouseWI.org and go to the events page, Wi dot org and go to the events page and don't forget about may 19th thursday may 19th in the milwaukee area going to be doing our live broadcast live from the social house on lisbon road so here we go ben have you heard of speed golf no speed golf is taking all the storm craze in california right now oh this is not what i thought it was going to be but continue It is, you get the, because regular golf begins, we all know, between 6.30 and 7. You know, you start teeing off. Speed golfers arrive at the course at 5 a.m. The goal is to play 18 in less than an hour. What? Yeah. Uh, There is no three-minute rule for searching for a ball out of bounds. If it's gone, it's gone. Just quit right now, wherever the path of flight was. You grab it, you throw down, you go. There is no waiting for your partner or waiting for anybody else to hit. You hit when you're ready. It's that simple. Here's what you do. The way it's scored. You take your your score, okay, so whatever it happens to be, if you shoot an 80, you shoot an 80. And then however many minutes from the time you tee off to the time you end and putt out, that many minutes then gets added to your score. So if you shoot a 75, as one golfer did, and did the whole course, in forty-three minutes, your score is then one hundred and eighteen. Forty-three minutes. Forty-three minutes. How long is this 18 course? Uh, it's a championship-style golf course. Oh man, Car seventy-two. Carts? I hope.
1: Uh, no, you're running it. Wow, I've seen yeah, PGA Tour pros do that. Like on the final day, they're paired alone, they're in last place. Yeah, they run it, but they do it in like an hour thirty. But I guess they yeah. actually try on their shots. Right.
0: Um, this is, uh, Rick Riley wrote the story. He said he went out and did it, uh, got there at 5 AM and everybody that plays, it looks like they're chisical chiseled CrossFit athletes. And, uh, but you're not wearing your traditional attire. This is workout gear.
1: I mean, you're running six miles at least you're, you're basically running up and down the course. So you know what this is? It's, uh, the fit. California version of what I have done many a time where you play golf 18 holes, but every beer you drink is a shot off your score. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, a little different, but <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> What's that could be Wisconsin's where well, it's not going to be speed golf. It'll just it's Scott
0: Dolly, Scott Dolly won the 2020 title. He shot a 75 and 43 minutes for a speed golf score of 118 and won it by three strokes or three points, if you will. So there you go. Speed golf. And, you know, you're all putting at once, too. You're only allowed six clubs, although most guys only take a six iron and a putter. They run with two clubs. My assumption is you're running with two clubs and a pocket full of balls. But they're in shorts, they're in polos, uh, or workout gear. Tank tops are not allowed, so they do they Thank do goodness. keep some sort of thing. they do keep some sort of decorum, I guess, for this thing. But uh, you can use what they call an ultra light golf bag, or no bag at all. But it's speed golf, and uh, that's the way they score. So you get your regular score, and then add to it how many minutes it took you to actually get through the round. Uh, And you, the minute your ball drops on the 18th hole, you yell time, and the timer then is stopped for how many minutes you've been on the course. Hmm. From the time you tee off is when it starts. Your first, you know, your first hit, and once you hit, you take off. You're not waiting for the others to hit, so you're running down the course, and everybody, all your buddies are, because it's you against the clock. It's not you against your buddies. You're not like playing hole for hole. You're just playing score plus time. That's it. So if so then, you take two extra shots, but yet you have four four
1: less minutes, you could end up winning. So someone who gets clanked in the head with a drive and goes to the hospital, are they disqualified? So be it. Yeah, t- your clock's still ticking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Bill, you know what I thought this was, is they announced today they're going to have a Manning cast type thing with Joe Buck for the PGA Championship next weekend.
0: Really? Which should be pretty cool. Oh, wow. How about that? I can't wait for the PGA. By the way, the PGA Championship, both uh, Tiger and Phil are in the field. I don't think Phil's going to show up. As of right now, he is scheduled to be there. Yeah. As of right now. Maybe the Masters was a little too, too soon,
1: but as of right now, Phil Mickelson is scheduled to be there. So we'll see if he actually shows up. I think the Masters was also too much of a you know perfect media landscape that he would just get crushed. Maybe mm-hmm. PGA is the defending champion; they'll cut him a little slack. But right, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, as of right now, Phil Mickelson is, is
0: scheduled to be there. So as far as speed golf, I will say this because uh, uh, Mark brought this up. Uh, so Bill, you gonna give it a shot? No, I'm not. I'll be real honest with you. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> just fair. It's it's not my bag, man. I will run and jump into a cart and take off. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that all day long. But as far as running a golf course in 43 minutes, that's ridiculous. First of all, you got to be a hell of a golfer right down the middle. I mean, it takes, what, 10 seconds just to line up your shot. I mean, I, I can't even imagine it. Bill,
1: this guy did 18 holes in 43 minutes Bill, running it. it. If this is a six-mile golf course, in theory, that's how long the walk is, that is a seven-minute mile. Right? There's no way. While also playing. I think that's impossible. You know what? I think this story's fake. Uh, Rick Riley did it, so I don't consider it
0: fake. Rick Riley's a pretty good writer, but it's in the Los Angeles Times. Speed golf is an actual L.A. sport, part fitness craze, part just crazy. That's the title. There you go. Back at it again tomorrow. Hopefully, we're talking about a Brewers victory. Brewers uh, back at it tonight. Freddie Peralta goes to the hill for the crew tomorrow. We'll be previewing the Bucks and the Sixers game five in Beantown. There you have it. Until we chat again, going to go ahead and take a take a quick break. Back at it again tomorrow. Hopefully, you have a great day. Until then, how we going? The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen. Subscribe.